Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga. And thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or a subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. kids, it's time to play. Well, maybe that's just a play on words. That's my two cents worth to make you put a smile on your face, but I have two lovely ladies here that are so talented in our arts and culture community. I've got Shannon and I've got Andrea, and it's so nice to see both of you. Uh, You know, usually in better times, we'd be doing this in person. I get to see a snippet of the play and we chat, but hey, Everything's virtual right now. But this is really interesting. And um, am I safe to say that this is possibly a, a project from the heart for both you, Andrea, Andrea and uh, Shannon? So, Shannon, I guess maybe you're shaking your head and you're going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell us what play is all about. Well, play. Um, play is a uh, production about diversity and inclusion. It's about connecting with people and the fact that um, you shouldn't let anything kind of hinder you from, from making those connections. Uh, we use language as, as a good means to it because it, it really does uh, kind of correlate between cultures and, and difference. And uh, we really wanted to show that you don't need language to be able to communicate and connect with somebody. Aww. And Andrea, I mean, I guess what was it that sparked I, your interest in wanting to be part of this. I know besides being great friends with Shannon and Joanna too, we must say yes. Yeah, it's true. We, the four of us, that's Shannon, um, Joanna, Laura, Lucy, and myself, um, really formed a great bond over the last six years, which, which made us keep working on the show. Even when one of us was like, I can't do it anymore. We're like, yes, you can. So we were <laughs> each other's family and cheerleaders. That certainly helped. But um, I think for me, what, what really drew me into this um, project when Shannon invited um, me on board was a huge artistic challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, we set out to create a show in three languages at the same time. And to our knowledge, this has never happened before. Um, and there wasn't a, f- a formula or a way that it had been done. So we were kind of inventing it as we went. Um, and, and so now the show that we've created is for young audiences and it can be experienced by an Anglophone audience, Francophone audience or deaf audience simultaneously without translation or anybody who has any one of those languages or is bilingual. Um, and so that's really special. It, it means that what we're trying to show in the play about inclusive, inclusivity and community can happen in the audience uh, who's coming to watch it as well. 
Oh, that's beautiful. So getting back to the play now, Shannon, is it like a set play or is it just or is it improv kind of thing? Because I know that you're, you know, a, a, an expert at improv. So, yeah. Um, it's actually, well, I mean, my, my main uh, background is in sketch comedy, which is written. And, and it, it did end up with lots of elements of sketch comedy. We didn't know where it was going to land when we started. Uh, we wrote it as a collective. And, and yeah, just slowly, it, it basically became sketch comedy. Um, you know, we kind of compare it to, to Sesame Street in that you sometimes see those um, uh, those scenes where it's almost like on a set uh, and then it'll be a cutaway of a letter or an animation or um, an actual more like cinematic like scene and uh, yeah so it's kind of elements of sketch comedy uh, but yeah it's definitely it's written um, especially with its trilingual nature and uh, each of these characters they they don't speak each other's languages they can understand each other which is really um, reminiscent of, of what we kind of went through too. Like I'm, I'm fairly fluent, very basic um, American Sign Language, but French, I understand words of. And, and it was interesting, it kind of experiencing the play as we were creating the play. Oh, so um, I guess this brings up a, a big, uh, a big, I guess, white elephant or silent elephant in the room as always, right, with the arts and theater, I mean, for the deaf, it was always something special and they would never be able to go to MTYP or MTC and enjoy the full experience of not only being able to see it, but also to hear it. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that experience like, um, Andrea, doing that and then as being, you know, being very artistic and creative, how do you make that convey to a young audience who sometimes doesn't have a very long <laughs> attention span. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, yeah, Joanna, who's the uh, our collaborator um, and one of the actors in the play, she's the first deaf actor to perform at Manitoba Theatre Fan People in all of its history um, that we know of. So mm -hmm. that in itself is an amazing thing um, and something that that we're proud of and hope that we can see more of. We certainly, by working with Joanna as a collaborator, all of the non-deaf actors learned a lot about that culture and community. Um, she taught mm -hmm. us a lot. And we tried to find ways in theater that we can make the show more accessible besides just including American Sign Language. So we use a lot of um, projection in the show so that uh, concepts and sounds can be illustrated visually. Um, we use a lot of the projection also goes in time to the music. So whereas audience is, is, is hearing the music, the deaf audience can be watching the well. Um, and, and I think having these sort of guides, like the French actor, the English actor, and the uh, deaf actor be the guide for their own audience is super helpful. Um, for, we say at the beginning of the show, like, just follow me. Like, if you speak my language, follow me. And um, and that's good. And it's in vignettes also, as, as Shannon was saying when she alluded it to being like Sesame Street, each scene is only about three minutes. So oh, cool. for those uh, with shorter attention spans, even like myself, <laughs> that is a great way to experience the show. <laughs> and we'll also add that um, this is a fully accessible show, but this is... Fully, probably the first fully accessible show uh, for the deaf that doesn't have interpreters on stage. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And, and that was really, that was one of our main goals was to make it so that uh, the audience can focus on, on the product, on the uh, entertainment and not have to be going back and forth and have that slight distraction. It's fully immersive and, um, and accessible. Do you think that maybe, ladies, you've, you've uh, stumbled upon like the next wave of theater? Uh, because now we're in an age, right, where we're very sensitive and um, we know to be all-inclusive and to, you know, to be empathetic to everyone and, you know, equal opportunity. Wow, maybe this could even stretch to the main stage. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think that, um, I, I don't think that every theater, like, will work in this format, but I think that we have created a format and proven that it, it can be done. It takes a lot of work. It took six, six years of work, but it's definitely um, a, a viable form that, that people can now take and, and run with and work with. Wow. Uh, what's the response been like? Andrea, like with the kids and with the adults too as well. Yeah, we performed the show or was shared um, with about 2,100 uh, students at M2AP last week, two weeks ago, and uh, we had some great talkbacks with them, great feedback from all language groups, which was really great to see. And now we sort of started putting it out into the world and uh, sharing it across the country, internationally. And uh, I've been getting some fun videos of kids dancing while watching the show. But um, we've also been getting some great feedback from our colleagues um, who are theater creators and just saying that it was uh, a great product, but also an an innovative product in the way that we work. So it's great to hear that when we're so isolated right now, we can't have the live audience and the feeling, you know, that energy when you're on stage, Tracy, how valuable that is. Um, So it's nice to to have some positive feedback coming through the internet. Oh, I know we're all kind of, I, we're, I know in one sense we are getting very tired, but in the other sense, I mean, this is the new norm. Uh, let's get back to your world of live performance and live in front of a live audience. Where do you see, I guess, theater going? I can't see in the foreseeable future us all 800 people at Royal MTC, but there has to be a beginning and a start. What do you feel and because, you know, both of you are creators, too. What do you feel would, would be the next step of getting back? Shannon. I think that, um, I mean, one, just reduced numbers mm-hmm. is definitely a possibility. I mean, we're just about to go into the summer, which allows so much more possibility. Being outside um, allows for space. It allows for just that flow of air. Um, I know... There's a lot of, I mean, usually we have um, the Fringe Festival. I don't really know what their plan is, but I know that there were a lot of shows that would that would be outside. I think it's just more than anything provided an opportunity for creators to get more innovative. I mean, for us, there we already knew that this was going to be an innovative project because it had to be because we needed to be able to show sound and, and elements like that. But it really pushed us far into figuring out how do we make theater digital how do we but still engaging and still interesting mm-hmm. um, without it just being tv but and finding that middle ground i think we have not that that we've invented this whole new style i mean that this has been around for a long time but i think that more creators will be thinking of innovative ways to in, to be incorporated in their new projects and it just um has force people and push people to think outside the box. And for those that aren't thinking outside the box, 
they're not creating, they're not able to go forward. And I think that the people who are um, able to like hold on to this, uh, this opportunity uh, are, are finding new ways. And, and I think that's the biggest change is, is the way that people are thinking about putting their ideas forward. That's the biggest change. Yeah. Well, and just uh, to let you know, uh, Winnipeg Fringe announced they're going virtual. So, okay, yeah. yeah. So there is, I guess, you know what? Um, but there will be that trepidation, I know, from people. But Andrea, like, I mean, to get the audience to come back, um, what, what do you foresee? What would be your, your first play live that you'd want to do? Well, with... With my company, One Trunk, we have been doing shows throughout the whole pandemic, and they've been one-on-one, -on -one, they've been through glass on people's front lawns, and that has been, like, so appreciated by the audience and the performers, and so I think it is, as Shannon's saying, like, you begin to think about theatre, like, the, the beauty of theatre is that intimate relationship between the audience and, and mm -hmm. the performer. You don't need an 800-person venue to do that. Mm -hmm. You don't need a million-dollar set to do that, so... How do we sort of start start small? Um, I think is that's what we've been doing. But also, there's so much to learn from this time about like what works digitally versus mm -hmm. what is better live, and and what do people want um, for accessibility or for their own convenience um, and how they access entertainment. And so, I don't think the digital world will go away. I think it, it's always going to be working in tandem. And the more that we we've had a gift as theater artists to learn about the digital realm, which people have been asking us to do for a long time, we're just put our feet down and didn't do it. Um, and so now, now that we know more about how to create in that way and and the language of that world, I think it will make our live work that much better when we return. For yeah. sure. No, and you and you hit it uh, right. I think this is a flexibility because if people can't come on a Wednesday night to see your show live, then they can, you know, see it or, you know, experience it streamed. So I think in the long run, it might be a, a better playing field for all artists, really. Uh, and I guess to wrap things up, where can we see the play or how is it going to be distributed? And I kind of think that this has got, this is going to have international attention, definitely. I'm so happy. It's so it's so cool. I mean, and it's so simple. Like, why hasn't anybody done this before? And it also because we haven't been forced to do it. Really. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's yeah. why. <laughs> but so. then the beauty of it would be to include other languages too, as well, right? You know, I yeah. could sing a Filipino, Japanese, Chinese. Um, yeah. It definitely has a, a a beautiful synergy to make it and expand it to include everyone. But um, Shannon. How, yeah. how is it going to be distributed or is it only going to, is this a one-time thing? Well, uh, currently we are um, on our website, so mm -hmm. www.playtheplay.com, which is P-L-E, the play, P-L-A-Y.com, mm -hmm. uh, slash shows, or if you just go to our main site, you'll see it right there, you can click onto it. Uh, that's how, that's our, um, our way to stream onto it and, uh, and do a pay-per-view. And that's going to be running until June 16th, is it, Andrea? Um, and then after that, um, we we actually are just right now in talks with, uh, there's a, a company in uh, the UK that's trying to create an online um, children's theater, almost like a Netflix um, for theater, so that people all around the world can experience it. So 
there there are other there are other options out there that we're we're looking into, and hopefully in the future we will be able to do it live. Yeah. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. but for now, like, what a great opportunity for um, this this little beautiful piece that's very accessible that we're able to give and uh, offer. Oh. Well, congratulations, and uh, don't go away, folks, because we'll have a little sizzle reel, as Shannon says, you know, to give you a little taste of the play. And thank you so much. And, and you know what? Uh, next time, let's make a date. I want to be sitting where, wherever, outdoors, and watching both of you perform live, because that, that, that to me is theater. <laughs> uh-huh. Awesome. Oh, so good We'd to love see. to do that for you, Tracy. Okay. <laughs> All the best. Thank you so much, Shannon. Thank you so much, Andrea. It was so great to see both of you. The play, go to the website, playtheplay.com. Thank you. Okay, thank you, ladies. Bye, thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of iLikeQ.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.